Thank you for tuning in to Highly Functional under the umbrella of Hardwater One. This is Dr. Brianne Shelman-Brown, the Functional Athletic Specialist. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. We are joined today with triathlete Sue Reynolds. Uh, many of you have likely not heard of her, but she is a huge inspiration. And uh, so I wanted to get her on the show. She is 64 years old. She went from 335 pounds down to 135 pounds. Uh, she basically went from being unable to walk to the house across the street to uh, placing sixth in the most recent World Triathlon Championships representing Team USA. So I uh, just want to get her on here so she can tell us her story and because uh, I feel she truly exemplifies the you know, what this podcast is all about, which is becoming that highly functional individual. So Sue, thank you so much for hopping on with me. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, as I listened to you do the intro, um, I certainly went from being non-functional to, to functional. So, <laughs> so I'm probably a good guest. Yes, for sure. Um, just, you know, I was talking on the phone the other day, yeah, you definitely went from that being unable to do anything to becoming what you have. And so we will definitely dive into all of that. Um, but first off, I just kind of wanted to get to dive into the whole fact that you were, you lost 200 pounds. In, two, in 2012, you were over 300 pounds. Let's just start by talking about how long did it take you to lose that weight how frustrating was this process and how like just how patient did you have to be with yourself throughout this whole process yeah well it took me um about a year to so to lose the first hundred pounds so i i did it kind of slowly um i decided at the beginning of this that there was no quick fix and um decided that it, I really needed to commit to a multiple year uh, journey if this was going to be successful. So first year, um, I lost 100. And then it took about um, a year and a half to lose the next 100. Um, so two and a half years altogether. And then I've kept it off now for about two years. Um, so yeah, and I think it, it was really difficult in the beginning to get started that was probably the hardest part but after I started seeing some successes I and I knew that what I was doing was working um, and it was different than than other diets I had tried throughout my life um, and I really believed that this one would sustain so it was kind of um, exciting to get going with it awesome so let's Let's kind of get into that a little bit because I know you struggled for a while. So what were you doing before and then what did you start doing that actually worked for you? Yeah, I think my first diet was in eighth grade. So um, I had been dieting, yo-yo dieting for, you know, 50 years or so. And um, those diets would look like I'd lose 40 pounds and, you know, I'd think, oh, yeah, I finally have it. And then I'd you know, suddenly take a U-turn and gain it all back and, and plus some. So um, I think the, the difference was in those diets, my two things. One is the nature of the diet. I, all of those diets were about counting calories or counting points. 
And so what I would find I would do is I would, you know, first thing in the morning, eat four or five pieces of cake, and then that would be my, my points or my calories. And then I just wouldn't eat the rest of the day. So I was, you know, I was eating the amount of calories I was supposed to eat. Um, and the weight was coming off, but it was not sustainable. Um, you know, that was not going to be a nutrition plan that I could follow all my life. Um, and then the other thing I think was mindset. Um, in those diets, I thought of them as diets. And, um, in, you know, a diet was not something you were going to do, I was going to do the rest of my life. It was something that I would do for a period of time and lose weight, and then I would go off the diet, and then I gained the weight back. And this time I started looking at it as a lifestyle change, that it was something that I was going to do the rest of my life. It wasn't, you know, something temporary. I was really changing a lifestyle. And I think that made it easier to stick with it um, because it wasn't a temporary diet. It was a for life nutrition plan. Yeah. And, and I love that you mentioned that uh, for the fact that I hate using that word diet when I'm talking yeah whether it be on social media or whether it be talking with a client of mine, because it gets such a bad connotation of someone goes on a diet to lose weight when it truly has to be a lifestyle change. And so it's like, I'll be talking with people and using, you know, eating pattern or eating plan or habits or figuring out some terminology that makes, that just sounds better. That makes it, be better more for that lifestyle change for that mindset change. Cause it's such a huge difference just by changing that word. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it was really um, kind of scary when I got to the point where I was no longer overweight. Um, I was really afraid to go off my diet plan or my nutrition plan because I just assumed I would, you know, be like all the times before and I would just gain it all back. And that, that was really a scary time. I was just terrified after losing the 200 that, you know, I'd gained 250 back. Um, but in what I came to realize is that I'm going to be on a, if you want to call it a diet or whatever, a nutrition plan for the rest of my life. I'm just not on a weight loss nutrition plan now. Now I'm on a sports performance nutrition plan, but it is still a plan. I'm not just eating freely. I, I still have a plan to follow and I will the rest of my life. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I love that mindset shift as far as this, it is a performance plan. You know, it's so many people don't realize, you know, yes, it's a shift as far as you have to change what you're eating or the amount that you're eating a little bit. So you're no longer losing and you're maintaining or gaining muscle, but it can be a very scary thing for people because like you said, you lost all this weight. You didn't want to put it back on because that's your habit. That's what you knew. Yeah. Yeah. And so to really get out of that mindset and that break past that fear of putting that weight back on is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was scary. And, but luckily it, you know, that worked. And so, you know, I'm still, and I was very surprised when I started the sports performance nutrition plan, it was all the same foods that I had come to enjoy in my, my weight loss nutrition plan. It was just more of them. So, and that was kind of a change too. When I went off diets before, it was always, you know, okay, now we're going to go back to candy and cook and cookies and cake and stuff. But now I still leave those things out of my, my, my diet, my nutrition. It's just more healthy foods now. So on that note, what are you, like, what's a typical day nutrition-wise look for you? 
So um, I, the, the nutrition plan, both my weight loss nutrition plan and my sports performance nutrition plan, um, I, I like to just call it a whole foods um, plan. I'm not leaving out any food groups. So, you know, I'm still eating carbs and uh, proteins and fats. Um, so, you know, I'm, but I'm eating healthy foods. So um, right now um, it's, it's about 58% carbs and 32% protein and 13% fats. So, you know, my carbs though will be things like oatmeals and, and oatmeal and apples and um, whole wheat bread. Um, my proteins tend to be um, yogurt and egg whites. And then a couple times a week I'll eat red meat. Um, and, um, and then the fats are, you know, almonds and, um, mainly, mainly almonds. And, um, sometimes I'll do, um, olive oil and stuff like that. But, but, you know, in a, if someone, if I were listening to this podcast and I were overweight and I'm hearing, you know, myself talk about things like apples and oatmeal, and at, if I were used to eating candies and cookies, I would have been thinking, oh, that is totally gross. But, but after a while of eating those things, I mean, like an apple today, I get excited as excited about it as a, I would have a chocolate bar um, a while ago. So you, you kind of, you know, you adjust, your tastes adjust. And, um, and I, you know, I, there's nothing about my plan right now that I don't like. That's awesome. Now, how did you make that adjustment? So, um, so talking about the, you know, that being scared of how can you even get used to wanting, like craving that apple? How did you make that adjustment? Was it a slow process? Was it just, uh, I'm just not going to give in for a while and it became normal? Yeah, it, it was a s slow process. I think the first, but it didn't take as long as I thought. Um, I think the first three weeks, um, it was really hard. Like I craved candy and cookies all the time. Um, but the, the other thing in the, in my nutrition plan that I really like is that, um, I, I do cheat days or cheat meals now and I can eat the foods that I, you know, used to like, but always with time boundaries around them. So I only do it for one day or for one meal. Um, but it took about three weeks before the, the really the, the cravings kind of went away. And, it, you know, for that first part, it was just kind of making the decision which was more important to me, my health or the, the chocolate and, or, or the cookies. And, and it was, you know, I can remember holding two hands in front of me and telling myself, okay, chocolate is in one hand and your health is in the other hand. You know, which are you going to choose? And I decided I, my health was more important. So, um, you know, went that route. So, but yeah, but it did not take long before those cravings went away. I was really, that really kind of surprised me about three weeks. Okay. Very cool. So now let's see. So you went down 200 pounds. You went from looking in the mirror at someone very overweight, someone very out of shape to looking yes. in the mirror at this new person who you probably couldn't even fathom ever. Yeah. What did, was that like to, you know, get over or not necessarily get over, but just adjust to? Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. Um, in the beginning, like for the first 90 pounds, 
I, that came off, I didn't buy new clothes. So because all of my clothes as an overweight person were elastic waists and tunic tops. And so, so, and because I didn't buy new clothes, nobody really noticed that I had lost all this weight. I mean, it was kind of interesting. And then one day I went out and bought a new wardrobe and, um, and all of a sudden, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, have you lost weight? You know, <laughs> yes, 90 pounds. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so then when it got down to the point, I, I can remember the morning that I woke up and got on the scale, and I was no longer overweight. And um, I, my reaction was totally not like I thought it would be. I mean, I thought I'd be on Facebook shouting, woohoo, I'm no longer overweight. And Instead, I got very introspective, and um, I can remember looking in the mirror and wondering who that person was, because it was no longer the over, overweight person. You know, my identity was as an overweight person all my life, and I really didn't know who that person was looking in the mirror. I, I, I'll never forget that moment. It was just, imagine if you one day woke up and looked in the mirror and discovered that you were a male instead of a female. I mean, it was just like, I don't know who I was. Who is that person? So it took, a, it took me a while to kind of figure that out. Um, it wasn't like depressing or anything like that. It was just kind of, I was just kind of lost. And I was working with a triathlon coach at the time, um, Brant Baylor. He's wonderful. He's still my coach. And he really helped me understand that who I was now is an athlete. And, um, and I really fought that. I, you know, I would, because I felt so ridiculous. I wasn't an athlete. I was an overweight person. And so, you know, I would call myself a pseudo athlete or an athlete wannabe. And he finally said, no, Sue, you train, you have a coach, you compete, you're an athlete. And so once I figured that out, then I was fine. You know, then I knew who I was. I was an athlete. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but that was, you know, you hear a lot of stories about people that lose a lot of weight and really have difficulty, um, you know, figuring out who they are. And, and I, I didn't think that would be me, but it, it, it was for a little while. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this transition to an athlete and an athlete's mindset. Uh, obviously we, you did not start there. You started at 330 some pounds. Uh, so where did you start or how did you start? I guess is a better question. Yeah, the, well, I'd always read and heard people talk about, you know, if you're going to lose weight, you should exercise. So, um, and I was kind of, I mean, that was something that I not only didn't want to do, I, I thought I could not do it. I thought I was so overweight, I just couldn't exercise. Um, and that was um, kind of a, not a good mindset to have. Um, my husband and my family, I mean, nagged me like crazy to lose weight and to exercise. And finally, one day, my husband said, we're going for a walk. And, um, and I'm thinking, you know, no way, but I agreed. And we went out the back door, and um, I literally held on to him. I think I probably put 50 pounds of my weight onto him. And we made it to the neighbor's driveway, which was probably 100 yards away. I mean, it wasn't very far. And my heart rate was like sky high and I was pooped and we, we rested once there and then we turned around and walked back home. And um, as we came in the back door, I mean, I, I literally just collapsed on the couch. I was like, it, I was done. I was pooped. 
But I also had this tremendous feeling of accomplishment because I had done something hard. Um, you know, the whole thing didn't take very long, but it was really, really hard. Um, and what I discovered was, is that obese people, you know, can walk, they can ride recumbent bikes, they can do fitness, um, water aerobics. Um, there's a lot of exercising that morbidly obese people can do. Um, and that was something at the time I didn't realize. So, so that kind of progressed. We started walking every day and each day the, the goal was to walk to one more driveway and, um, and we'd have to rest two or three times on the way there and on the way back. Um, and then one day when I could walk about a mile, I mean, so I had been at it quite a while, you know, to get up to where I could walk a mile. Um, but I was having a really good day and I walked, um, uh, I walked a mile and a half due east and the only way to get home was to walk another mile and a half due west. <laughs> so, um, so, and that was my first 5K. I had walked a five, you know, 5K is 3.1 miles. And, you know, and at that point, um, one of my sons in really encouraged me to enter a 5K, a 5K event. And he said he'd do it with me. And, um, I did not want to do it, but I figured it would be good mother-son bonding time. So, um, so I agreed, and we did it, and oh my gosh, it was, I mean, to this day, having been to Worlds three times, that was still the hardest event I've ever done. Um, I know in, that my heart rate was over the red line, and um, I couldn't talk, and I didn't want anybody around me to talk. I had to focus on keeping my feet moving, and I was just walking. Um, but I made it, and when I came across the finish line, um, the announcer said, and here comes Sue, I was dead last, and the announcer said, and here comes Sue Reynolds, this is her first 5K, and everybody that was still there clapped, and I just felt like I'd won the Boston Marathon, I mean, I was just sky high, it was just incredible, um, and I, that was, you know, I was hooked. I came to learn that endurance sports are about finishing. It's not about being fast. Um, you don't have to be a good athlete to do them. You just have to, you know, be able to get across the start line to begin with and then the finish line at the end. And so, you know, that, that was, that was that. And then one thing led to another and um, I, I did start doing a water aerobics class and then I thought, well, maybe I could swim a little bit. And then I then I got the crazy idea in my head. Well, I wonder if I could do a a triathlon. I didn't tell anybody I was even thinking about it, but I took a spin class. And then one day, with absolutely no confidence that I could finish, I signed up for a a, a sprint triathlon, um, which is the shorter triathlon event. And um, and I finished. And uh, again, I just felt like you know I felt like I'd won the Olympics. I came across the finish line again dead last but in the photos I have one finger up in the air because in my head I was number one <laughs> you know so so yeah so that's how it got started and and again for any of your listeners you know it's triathlon is not about going fast um, the majority of the people in local triathlons are beginners they're just trying to get across the finish line nobody's looking at you and and because it's not competitive for most people people are just trying to finish Everybody cheers for everybody. It's the most happy, enthusiastic community that I've ever been around. It's just, it's fabulous. 
Definitely, definitely. I want to put a little bit of perspective into this too. Obviously, this was not an overnight thing. So give us a time frame on how long it was from that first walk to when you did the 5K and then when you did that first triathlon. Yeah, so my, my first walk um, was in 2011. And um, at that point, um, I was at like 276 pounds. Um, and then my first, um, triathlon was probably two years. Yeah, it was two years after that. So it was the summer of 2013. Um, I had, I had progressed from walking 5Ks to running 5Ks. So that kind of in the two years that was, I was working on that. Um, and then, so I did my first, um, triathlon in 2013, um, is that right? Yes, 2013. Yep, and then um, it was just three years later that I qualified for Worlds. Okay. So that whole, that whole, I mean, that was crazy. I, things just happened so quickly, and I was another place where it was hard for my mind to keep up with what my body was doing. Yeah, definitely. So let's dive into that a little bit. You do this triathlon. You finish this triathlon. At what point did you decide you wanted to get a coach and you wanted to get better or, you know, how did that process go? Yeah, I think there were kind of three phases and I, I like to tell people that every phase is legitimate. Um, some people, you know, prefer one phase over another, but it started out with just being what I would call a, a beginner triathlon, triathlete. And I did that for the first year. I probably did, I mean, I was so hooked after that first one. I, I think I did six triathlons the first year. And I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, literally, in my first triathlon, I sat down between the swim and the bike and brushed my hair and ate a sandwich. I mean, I, I had no idea I was supposed to go fast in that part, too. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, and you know, I was just out for a good time and, um, and to see if I could finish. So after the first year, when I came back for the second year, um, I transitioned from what I would call beginner triathlete, just trying to see if I could get across the finish line, to being a recreational triathlete where what I wanted to do is to just compete with myself. You know, could I do it faster? Could I improve my swim? Could it whatever? And I knew that I was going to need help because I really didn't know what I was doing. So I called a coach um, here locally, although my coach works with athletes all over the world. But um, And I was sure he would not want to work with a 64-year-old grandma who was overweight and had no clue what she was doing. And I was almost terrified when he said, let's meet. <laughs> so... So I started working with him, um, worked with him for the second season. So that was 2014. Um, and, um, and he, he helped me just tremendously, you know, build my fitness. He gave me workouts to do every day and really helped a lot with my mindset too, to think of myself as an athlete and to push. And so um, at the end of, so then I, you know, was trying to improve myself. And then at the end of that season, I decided, and this was again, I don't know why I did this, but um, the World Triathlon Championship was in Chicago that year. 
And, and I was, for, for the most part, I was still a beginner. Um, but they had an open race that anybody could do. And I decided that I would sign up for the open race, mainly because I just wanted to see what a world championship would be like. And I checked all the finish times from the previous year. And had it been the previous year, I would have come in second to last. So I figured I wouldn't be last, so why not? So, <laughs> so I went to Chicago and did that race. And in the middle of the swim, um, I'm trying to beat myself. And I will never forget this moment. And, and in the swim, you know, everybody's swimming shoulder to shoulder. There's a lot of people swimming next to each other. If you're, if you're uncomfortable with that situation, you can swim at the very back and there's nobody around you. But I wanted to kind of be up there in the front because I was competing against myself. And I'm swimming along and my arm came down on top of this woman next to me. And we're both racing for the first buoy and I wanted to get around the buoy first. This was in Lake Michigan. I wanted to get around the buoy first so I could cut the corner and have the shorter distance, the shortest distance to the next buoy. And so I decided to race her for, for the buoy. And it was the first time I've ever competed against somebody else. And my arm came down on top of her and I didn't know what to do. You know, in real life, I would pull my arm back and say, oh, excuse me, go ahead. You know, but this was a race. And I ended up shoving her underwater with my arm. I wasn't trying to shove her underwater. My, my arm just, you know, as my stroke came through, it, it, it just, she ended up underwater. So... <laughs> Yeah, so, um, and then the crazy thing was, I really liked the feeling of racing against her, um, and beating, I beat her to the buoy, and I loved that feeling, and all of a sudden, I realized that there's this competitive beast inside of me, I never, I mean, I've always thought of myself as being really a gentle person, and it took me a while to, you know, kind of come to terms, my coach helped with that, too, that I didn't really want to kill that woman, I just <laughs> to beat her to the buoy. But at that point, I discovered that I loved competing. And at the end of that season, I came back home and I said to my coach, you know, okay, I really want to do this seriously. And I, I know I'm just still a beginner, um, but I would like you to train me as though I were a pro. And so I got really serious about it. And I mean, everything was about triathlon from that point on. And doing everything right, um, doing my training right, my, my recovery, sleep right, my nutrition right, um, just, you know, and, and, and there's lots of little places where you can gain free speed um, in transition, so I'm, I'm just always looking for where can I gain six seconds, because I figured if there were 10 places where I could gain six seconds, that would make me a whole minute faster, so I was looking for all those little details, and yeah, so I made huge gains um, in my first year of my coach training me like a pro. And to his credit, too, I mean, here I am, a 60, I think I was, what, 62 years old at that point, grandma, who, you know, when I first went to him was obese, and he, um, he saw something in me, I think, that I didn't see in myself and um, really pushed me and um, encouraged me, you know, he, he would say, well, my first goal was to just, I wanted to be a, an alternate for the USA team. And I thought that was the highest I could ever go. And, and Brant said, you know, let's not be an alternate. Let's make the team. And I'm going like, what? <laughs> so, and then later he said, you know, let's not just make the team. Let's, um, let's get in the top 10. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So he's, he's really pushed me and um, it's been, um, you know, it's, it's been, I've, 
tried to be kind of relentless about my training now and like there's no excuses whatever it takes um if it's hard that just means it gives me a, a better chance to excel um if i'm doing something hard because i know other people you know won't choose to do something that's hard so it puts yeah. me a step ahead definitely so, yeah. and you know and i think you know, you may not have seen that competitor in yourself and you may have, you know, not really, you know, you may think that you went into this just as, you know, another person, but in all reality, you say he saw something in you. A normal person doesn't reach out to a coach unless they want to get better in some way. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, even though you think it was him that saw something in you, like it was in you you, you know, because you want to reach out to him. If you just yeah. wanted to go through the motions, you want to reach out to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I did want to get better. Um, but I think that my, you know, I wanted to just beat myself I, at that point. I wasn't into beating other people. And really that's still in, in, in a big way. That's still how it is. My, my goal for every race is simply to learn something that I didn't know before. Mm -hmm. and to learn it well enough that I can apply it to the next race. So I, I, just every race is, you know, a preparation for the race that follows. And, and that's what I really enjoy about this is just trying to learn how to do something better. And I think that's a great goal because obviously as you get better, your, you know, your times and places get better. But ultimately, I think that's the way it should be is competing with yourself and just mm -hmm. making yourself a better person in whatever way it can be as you go throughout the journey. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and that's, that's what keeps it fun. And, and I think, you know, they, people talk a lot about there being outcome goals or process goals. And for outcome goals, there's so many things you can't control. I mean, you can't control the weather, you can't control if you're going to have a flat, you can't control what kind of day your competitors are going to have, you know, if they're going to have a bad day or a good day. But you can control the process goals, you know, I can control have I studied the race course, you know, have I put in the time to, to be the best that, you know, that I can be. And so I love the process goals and no matter what the outcomes ends up being, if I, you know, if I can get to the start line and feel like I've done everything I needed to do. And if I can execute my race plan and get across the finish line, I, it's a good day, no matter where I finish. So, That's awesome. I love yeah. that mindset. So what's next for you? What's next on the plan? Yeah, well, I'm going um, back to Worlds in um, for my third Worlds. This one's in Australia, so um, we're preparing for that, and that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, there's there's nothing like wearing your country's colors and your country's uniform. We we get to wear the same uniform as the Olympians, the same uh, organization, USA Triathlon, that works with our Olympic team also works with the age group team. So, um, so they, you know, you, you go there and there's people from, you know, 40 plus other countries and everybody's got on their, their country's uniform. And, um, it's just, it, there's nothing like it to stand there in your country's uniform. I just, I mean, I even get choked up just thinking about it. And it was very difficult on the start line not to get choked up when I looked around and here's, you know, Australia and Mexico and, um, Great Britain and United States and, you know, people are chanting USA, USA, and it's just, and there's a, you know, an opening, um, the a parade of athletes, um, just like in the Olympics, and it's just, it's just fantastic. So, so I'm really looking forward to that. We're preparing for that. The, um, 
the bike in international triathlon in the sprint distance is a draft legal bike. So like the Tour de France is on right now as we're recording this. And so we get to bunch up like the Tour de France and um, draft off of each other. So that's kind of exciting. And um, in the United States, it's a, you can't draft in triathlon in, the, in any distance. And so um, you're, you can only be near another bike when you pass them. So it's a total different kind of event. Um, but we're, you know, so I'm preparing for that. And, um, and I'm also, so many people through this crazy journey have, have um, said, you know, you should write a book. And finally, on a whim, I decided to talk to an agent just to see if it'd be worth my time if she thought anybody would, you know, be interested in reading it. And, and I've never been so shocked. She said, yes, I think people would read it. And and I'd like to give you a contract right now, today. <laughs> so, so now I'm an agent, and <laughs> I had no idea how to write a book, but I'm in triathlon. I could learn how to write a book, so I have a book coach in addition to a triathlon coach. <laughs> there you go. And I'm in the middle of writing this book, and it's been a lot of fun. And you know, just like you, I I think that if you know if one person can hear your show or my story and um, make different choices and, you know, and discover fitness or discover health or really go on any journey. It doesn't have to be fitness or health. Then my whole journey has been worth it. Um, so yeah, so I'm eager to, and which is why I wanted to do this podcast too, just to, you know, reach out. And if my story can inspire others, that would just be awesome. I'd be tickled. Yeah. That's super exciting with that book contract. I think that'll you have such a great story. I think that'll be huge, very inspirational, whether it be, you know, for a triathlete or for just anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just, you know, the same mindsets and the same um, things that make you a successful athlete or successful at losing weight. I mean, they can make you successful at whatever. It's just about um, taking a big goal and, you know, making into um, a series of small choices and making good choices over time. And, before you know it, you're at your goal. So it can be any kind of goal. Definitely. So what are some just kind of final thoughts, final takeaways that you have for people listening to this? Yeah, I think um, as I've looked at what I've learned, through this, um, I think one of the things that surprised me is that you can transform your life at any age. I mean, I was 60 years old before I even knew that I liked sports. Um, and before I started exercising. So, you know, you, you can transform your life at any age. You can be 12, 60, 70, if there's somebody else that you want to be, you know, again, it's just a matter of making a different choices over time. So, um, so that's one takeaway. Um, I think another one is that obese people can exercise. Um, you know, water aerobics is wonderful. Um, you know, recumbent biking, um, walking. Um, you can exercise. I think a, a big aha for me was that it is possible to lose a lot of weight um, without surgery. You know, that's another thing I believed. I thought I'd have to have surgery to lose weight. And um, yeah, so and um, I think then the, the final thing is just there were so many people throughout my journey who were kind to me. And I really learned the power of kindness. Um, sometimes, it, you know, it was just someone 
as I was waddling down the road at 300 pounds who said, great job, you know, those two words, great job, that just kept me going. Um, or, you know, being in my first 5K and hearing that announcer say, here, here comes Sue Reynolds. And, you know, I just think that kindness really has the power to change lives. And um, it's made me think about kindness and how kindness can be the face of God. And um, it's, just, it's just been a wonderful journey. So kindness is a big thing. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, if someone wants to follow your journey or your story, where can they find you at? So again, so many people have asked me that question. I, I created a website. Um, so my website is um, uh, triathlon200, so triathlon200, the number 200.com. And on there, there's links to my Facebook page and my um, Instagram account and Twitter. So if somebody does want to follow, um, you know, they, they can do it that way. I also tried to put up some just tips for beginners and a little bit more about my story so that if people, you know, were curious, they could, they could read. And then there's two other websites that I really would recommend for if people are interested in, tri in starting a triathlon or trying a triathlon. There's a great website for people that have never done a triathlon before. So if, if one of your listeners is just thinking about triathlon, it's called My Time to Try. So it's My Time and then Two is spelled out T-O and then Try is T-R-I. So MyTimeToTry.com. There's all kinds of tips for beginners on how to get started with triathlon there. It's a great website. And then another great website is, is um, put out by the organizing organization for um, triathlon in the United States, USA Triathlon. And their uh, website is usatriathlon.org. Um, on that website, there's links to local coaches. So if anybody, you know, like me wants to call up a coach and just say, I've never done this before, I don't know what I'm doing, can you help? Um, that would be a great place to go to find a, a local coach. And, and again, the local coaches, they, they, you know, they'll work with better triathlon triathletes, but they all work with beginners as well. And beginners are so rewarding for them. Um, they, they enjoy it because they can really see your progress. So never, never, never hesitate to call a coach. Awesome. Thank you so much for those resources. Those will get all put in the show notes. So if you want to find those links, definitely check out the show notes to this recording. Thank you so much, Sue, for joining us. This has been so exciting uh, just to be able to share your story with, with all of the listeners, and uh, good luck with Worlds coming up. Great. Thank you very much, and thank you for all that you do, because I know that your heart's in the same place as mine, and you're reaching out to people and trying to help them as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find show notes at highlyfunctional.org, which has links to my website and my social media profiles, all containing more information to help you become highly functional. Until next time, go live and be highly functional.